It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Good evening and welcome to another edition, your weekly edition of Touchy Gooners. It's your boy SV Carboholic on hosting duties and I'm joined by my guys German Dan and Shabs. How are you gentlemen? I'm all good man, no complaints. All well, all well. Um, good to see you. It's just the three of us tonight. Um, ever since Lewis has been married, he's been, um, you know, boy, don't want to talk too much, but we haven't been seeing that guy a lot. So, you know, I don't know if he's glowing from from the new, <laughs> from from his from his marriage and up tools. But yeah, so I'm sure we'll be seeing him in due course. But um, thank you very much to all our listeners, all our patrons. Um, we did drop a Patreon on Monday, um, the highlight of the Fulham game. So Dan and Lewis did a really great job on that. So we are going to touch on that tonight, but um, there's a few other li- little things we want to get onto as well. So I want to um, first start by taking a look at um, both German and Shabs. If you could maybe just give me, and I'll start with you, German, um, give me your one key takeaway from from the draw with Fulham um, at the weekend. You're on mute, bro. You're on mute. Oh shit! I do. I do the thing that the forty-five years <laughs> start talking about me. I I said one. Damn, you don't want to give me no options. Um, no, just one. one just one. Okay, I, I I do one. Um, the one takeaway was for me that we need to be better at taking our chances and killing games off. Um, 
I think we were very good on the winger when we were good on the winger, um, killing games off in like 10, 15 minute periods where we score one or two in quick succession and then just, you know, control the rest of the game. And we've done that to good, good level last year. Um, but at home, I think we have a tendency um, to be complacent um, and um, especially when we are ahead. So it just makes the game a bit um, like a basketball game at times, um, which I felt like the following game descended into, um, which is why we dropped points. Um, even though they didn't get much in open play, if we put our chances away, I don't even think they would tr- they would try coming forward much. Um, so just put the games away, better take your chances, but that's basically my takeaway. Okay. Lack of ruthlessness. Shab, do you agree with that? Yeah, for me... Uh, yeah, I agree. Definitely, we let ruthlessness. We, um, I think, we had more than enough chances, even in the first half, to to, to deal with them, and, and we didn't. Um, but yeah, one takeaway for me is the lack of ruthlessness, lack of excitement. Man, I didn't find the game exciting until the late stages of the game. But yeah, I thought, are we doing something here? Where yes, we got lots of control. But we're sacrificing for entertainment, you know. Um, yeah, that 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 that's kind of how I felt watching it a little bit. So, yeah, man. I hope it's not something that I have to come to terms with about this Arsenal side because last season, if you think about what was so enjoyable, we, um, yeah, man, we played good football. We won games. We won loads of games. Got fantastic results. But we played good football in the mix. But. Um, Maybe it's teething issues, maybe it's growing pains, but yeah, I didn't I didn't particularly find the game entertaining. Not to say I didn't enjoy watching them, but I didn't find the game particularly entertaining until um, you know, it got really frantic midway through the second half. So yeah. Jeremy, anything to add on top of that? No, I think I think he, he summarized it well. Um and obviously um I listened to what Cooks and Lou Bob had to say. And the Patreon, and I think they give a good, good account for what went wrong in the game. You know, focusing on, you know, the the footballing aspects, um, and not getting stuck in into like just focusing on individual players. Because I think for me, I think the reason we we might not look as convincing to some people in these early games is those two points that me and Shabs have made. Um, I think overall as a footballing team, we 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 for me. And the stats also say it, we are actually more dominant in the first three games than we were at this stage last season. So um, I think, you know, the analysis or sort of the perception of the team is always very, very outcome um, biased and outcome based. You know, if we win that game 3 1, people are going to be gloating and be super confident going into the United game. Um, and we could have won that game. 3-1, do you know what I mean? Whereas, we, you know, last year we could have also drawn with with, with Fulham. Um, so these things are always making such a big difference on how people view the game. Whereas, um, you know, if, if 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 there's one thing to take away from Ateta's tenure so far is that results don't always paint the full picture because we saw how results didn't for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden people will say, oh, why are Arsenal so good? All of a sudden they clicked. no. You know, there's signs, but they're way, way before that, um, that we, we could and we would. Um, obviously, we didn't expect it to the level that we actually did it to in the last last season. But all of us on TG were really confident that going into last season, that there would be a massive improvement. Um, just see, 
you know, based on what we've seen before. And I think there's another step that we can take. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how we can do that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think for me, um, at the game on, on Saturday, you know, sometimes the emotion takes over when you're watching live, right? And and my overarching opinion at the time, I was, I was vexed, obviously, two, two drop points to a late goal. Um, felt we could have obviously managed the situation better, especially against 10 men. But, you know, once you, I always like to watch the game back when I'm cold and, you know, um, you've had time to digest it. And, and overall, I tend to come away from the view of, you know, we know Arteta is trying to add some extra layers to Arsenal right now. So that means there are going to be some teething issues. And unfortunately, you know, you hope that whilst we are learning and adapting to these teething issues, we can still pick up maximum points. Unfortunately, we didn't against Fulham. But overall, I think there's still, um, to German's point, I think we are actually showing a lot more dominance in games. Teams aren't really getting sniffed. They're being penned in for, for, for big and long periods. And I think so far, my main takeaway is that there's a lack of to, to efficiency in the final third. That's what I've noticed. Um, I don't think any of our attackers have really been anything to write home about in the first three games of the season. And hopefully that's something that we can rectify going forward. Um, so yeah, that, that that was, I think, I think for me. Um, and, and you know, I think it's a case of sometimes you still forget how young the team is. So we're still learning, you know, we're still picking up new bits. That, and, that, and I think at times they have shown some naivety. And, you know, that cost us at the back end of last season. Hopefully it doesn't cost us this season. But these are harsh lessons. We are going to have to learn and we're going to have to put them right quickly, starting with, um, you know, the United game this weekend. So I think to that point, um, Shabs, is there, what would you like to see change potentially this weekend, if anything? Boy, <laughs> there's a lot going on, you know, because honestly speaking, the personnel needs to change. There's been a lot made about um, this system. Oh, the system. Oh, the system. Arteta's system. I think, you know, it's not working. Partey at right back, it's not working. Blah, blah, blah. There's a, like, for me, the system ain't the issue. This this is the same system which has enabled us to be dominant. The system, for me, hasn't been the thing that's prevented us from um you know, uh, winning games or being in a position to win games. Um, the system hasn't massively impacted um, the way in which we've controlled games. In fact, it's enabled us to control games. So I don't think the system's the issue at all. For me, the personnel, some of the picks have been a bit problematic. Um, I think against Fulham, granted, they didn't create many chances, but there was a bit of a defensive fragility there for me. Um, especially later on in the game. And for me, um, Gabriel not featured in the league for us. He came off the bench, but he's not had any league starts. Um, I think he forms, for me, what is part of our best defence. Um, I need to see him in the side moving forward. Um, the Partey dynamic, inver- I, I, we need Partey in the team for me. He's, Partey is in the best iteration of this Arsenal um squad for me ideally that's as six but it didn't hinder things so much for me with him playing that right back to be honest with you um because he still moves into that central space and um dictates play from there what we saw was rice receiving the ball a lot more um you know receiving the ball in the back line facing play a lot more 
and you know that's interesting and that you know is we're talking about the layers and you know um that Arteta wants to add I think that's that but for me Partey needs to to to, to play and be a part of that going ahead to United um we need to be more potent in attack and um for me as well there is something and I've, I have been patient with Havertz and I've not been as reactionary to his performances as others have been but for me there's something in like we're missing something in we're missing a lot of things in Havertz and I'm not saying that the answer is to start Vieira for example but the way that Havertz is pretty much doing what the role is required of him in off the ball situations but for me he's not playing with the intensity he's still look he's not playing with any kind of real sense of intensity or urgency for me he's arriving in spaces and players aren't finding him so for me that's why is that do his teammates not trust him yet is it you know is it what what's going on has it not clicked yet um so when you look at the way that Vieira came on and changed the game against Fulham he broke the game and I looked and thought what was Vieira doing that Havertz wasn't doing because they basically played in the same positions. And I said, well, actually, Vieira just wasn't afraid to break the system and kind of take the game to um, Fulham. And I think that's what we're going to need from a player, a character, a profile in midfield against United, um, someone who's happy to make kind of uh, low, low, like high-risk high reward type of plays and um, yeah I'm not necessarily saying Vieira should start but you know I think we need a different option against United than Kai Havertz basically and then yeah to be more decisive in the final third so that, I know that is a long list um, but yeah that's the way I see it um, yeah German Dan what would you like to see for the next game, I would like to see us play with, I think, more urgency. I felt like both games, you know, what a theme I really liked last season was that we started games with a lot of urgency, a lot of pace, a lot of conviction. Um, and I feel like we started games slower, albeit we have been more dominant and we, we should have put Fulham away as well. Um, and we should have probably scored more against Forest and also against Palace. Um, I just felt like the first 20 minutes were like Arsenal are going to score. You, you, there's nothing you can do about it. And um, I didn't quite get that feeling from the first three games. Um, so I'd like us to start fast. I think, uh, especially in the big games, getting that first goal is crucial. Um, I think we have the ability to come from behind, pause. But, you know, ideally you start, you know, with the goal and then dominate the game and look for opening, start probing. And rather than being... Being um kind of desperate for for a goal, you 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 know you're you you you're modest and you you can you can play the game um truthfully um so I'd like us to start strongly um and with that I think we um we I think I'd like to see Jesus come back I don't know how fit he is I think I get that Eddie will probably start if Jesus is not ready to play but in my opinion in a game like this um there's no Varane. Um, they're going to play Lindelof and probably Martinez at the back. I doubt um, Maguire will will play. E- e- either one of them, it doesn't matter. Jesus got something for them, you know. I, f- I feel like he's just that much of a of a danger with and without the ball that um, I think they will struggle to contain him. And um, we've seen Martinelli's best games with 
Jesus in the on the pitch, and we know what Saka can do. And I'd like us to go back to what makes the right hand side gel. Um, I'm I'm not one of the guys that says go back to what's working. I said to go back to what's working. Just you know, I'm I'm one of the guys. I'm I'm here for um you know seeking amelioration um seeking improvement seeking um ways of adapting the team but for this for this team for this game specifically i think it doesn't hurt to go back to what we've seen work very well um and then we can go and tinker in the in, in the games to come after that i think um just given the stage and just after dropping points and playing united in this moment i think it's important that we win <clears throat> so yeah we'll do that yeah, I'd agree. I think we need um, a degree of stability again. So I, I would be tempted to, you know, I think for this game, for me, bring back Zinchenko, especially him and Gabriel. I think um, having more of a, a base of what we know, um, especially with it being a big game. I think, you know, we saw what we did in Community Shield against City. Um, and I thought we looked really, really solid in that game. And I think, especially in a big game at, at home, I'd like to see something similar. So I think I'd go... Zinchenko back in with Gabriel and Saliba and White at right back, um, bring back that dynamic essentially from last season. I would go party six. I would go Rice at eight with Erdegaard as well. Um, so I'd have Rice pressing very high. Um, I think Rice also at eight would is you know similar to Xhaka last season. You know when we had Zinchenko inverting from left back, I think it's a it's a defensive platform as well to allow Zinchenko to go and be the main creator in the team again. So it's that foil for him. Um, and, and I think for me, one of the, and I probably could have said this in the key takeaway so far in this game, is that the left-hand side, especially this season, hasn't functioned. And that's been a byproduct of the fact that, you know, first game you used Timber, second game you used Tomiyasu, third game you've used Kivio. So we've already used three different left-backs in the first three games. Um, and for me, none of them are, you know, high-volume passes like Zinchenko is. Do you know what I mean? You know when Zinchenko plays, Zinchenko pretty much controls that whole side of the pitch. And... Um, I think someone like Martinelli, he needs a facilitator behind him. And last season, he had both Xhaka and Zinchenko behind him. Do you know what I mean? So he could focus on making a lot of those runs in behind. He was penetrating, pause like consistently. And when he had Jesus dropping in as well. And I think that's another factor, you know, Jesus or Trossard is a, you know, those type of players create space for Martinelli as well. So I think that left-hand side hasn't been functional this season. So I'd like to see it, you know, equal the balance up a bit. I think I think we've been far too right hand sided like bias um so far this season. So I think, you know, to, to German's point, going back to something a bit more familiar. Not that we're gonna completely discard what Arteta's done in the first two games. I don't dis I don't agree that we should do that. We should continue evolving, developing layers on the team. But I think for a big game at home to United, we just need to win. Um so I think to do the things that work most. I would be tempted with Jesus as well, Dan. I don't know how fit he is so I don't know if he's going to be able to. I think he might. I think probably what might happen, he might get like thirty games, thirty minutes off the bench this game, um, and then he gets like more minute, more training time over the international break to be fully fit. And I think he'll start after the international. So I think they'll go with Eddie. Um, and obviously Eddie had a good game last time he played against United. Got two goals at home against them. So, and even though I I'm not his biggest fan per se, I think you sort of have to ride the motion while he's in decent form. He's got two goals in three games. Should have got more. We saw the two he missed against Palace. So I think he's in a, a decent vein of form. And he seems to have a really good goal-scoring record at the Emirates. So I'd probably ride that a bit again um, for the Sunday game. So I think, you know, it, it's good, interesting points. We've all touched on, all brought up here. Um, 
one one player I, I did I did want to touch on. I don't think he's going to start this game, and um, but I, I was really impressed with the impact of Fabio Vieira in the last game. You know, one of the criticisms we had last season was that he lacked intensity, he lacked aggression. I thought he was a bit too timid. Um, but at the game, I uh, you know the people that were sitting either side of me, it was really noticeable how. I don't know what it is, if there's a file under him or, or maybe the game state probably also contributed a part to it. But he did look very, very active. You know, one of my criticisms last season was that he didn't demand the ball enough. But I thought he was really, you know, forthright in terms of what he did, was very active in his decisions in terms of what he did on Saturday. So I would hope, I don't know if it's maybe he's seen the Havertz and he's thinking, you know, I can take that shirt, I can snatch that chain. Or he's just thinking... I'm more adapted now. I'm ready to go. I'm good to go. So, um, Shabs, what, uh, you know, I touched on it prior there, but um, how do you assess Fabio Vieira currently and, and what are you expecting this season and how do you think you should go about getting it, improving this season? So, yeah. Oof. So, I, I don't want to make too much off the back of that cameo performance yeah I think it was a very good cameo but I think what we have all seen just look at look at you know any YouTube compilation compilation any kind of in-depth scouting pieces wise scout and whatnot you will see these flashes of brilliance you know these glimpses of quality from Fabio Vieira so that for, for me there's never really been a question mark in terms of his capabilities, technical abilities, what he's able to do with the ball, um, you know, at his at his feet. But it's about the application, the other stuff that you spoke about, you know, the degree of intensity that he plays with, um, you know. And, yeah, maybe the game state was a, a factor because, we, you know, we were chasing and we needed something to, to, to happen and we needed him to force things through. Um Vieira is an interesting one because I, I've also been quite patient with him in that a lot of the assessments of his performances last season were when he was playing in the side with without the starters, without the regular starters. So we're judging his performances and making assessments based off what he was doing with Lokonga playing in the midfield alongside him when Lokonga was actively running away from the ball, um, you know, with Reese Nelson in the side. Um, or with you know with with Eddie and other players in the side, so I've always said let's judge him when he performs in the first team, and then often when he's performed in the first team, it's not often been as a starter. It's often been as a substitute in game states and game situations where we're chasing him, um, and that's been difficult to do as well. I think what Vieira needs to do is really assert himself, really build off the back of this performance. Um, you know, he does need to try and snatch Havertz's chain because there's a, it's a, it's a bit of an open season at the moment in terms of that left eight um, spot in the Arsenal midfield. I think there are a number of players outside of a big game. There are a number of play where outside of a big game where I expect Partey and Rice to to both start. Um, there are a number of players that I see can actually go for it, and you know, you have to kind of. I I, I don't want to pick on. Havertz, I just was disappointed in particular of that performance um, against Fulham. So you have to kind of say, right, actually, players can stake a claim. Players can snatch his chain at this moment in time. Um, 
you know, he doesn't deserve to be starting off the back of some of these performances. He has to earn his place. And I think, you know, it's a good opportunity for Vieira, for ESR, for Trossard maybe even, you know, for, for, for all of those lot who aren't dead certs, but we know they have quality and they can add something. It's time for them to say, yeah, look, I want this. I can I can, I can do this. So that's what he has to do. Um, Arteta gave the example with Eddie when he said, you know, lots of players will ask you why they're not starting the games. And Eddie showed him in the pit on the training ground, you know, why he should start him. So, you know, Vieira has to make... I've, I I see that as really interesting and really telling, especially because Arteta tends to have his favourites or his go-tos. Um, and really, Vieira has to kind of make it almost impossible to be overlooked with his performances. So he has to go again next week. Next opportunity he gets, he has to go again. And as harsh as that may be, because sometimes Arteta brings players off the bench where the game's done and, you know, there's nothing to play for or, you know, there's too little time left on the clock, but he just needs to seize every opportunity he gets yeah, and just make something happen and show why actually he deserves to be getting a look in with the, the, these main guys. That's kind of the way that I see it for him and what he needs to to, to, to do this season. He also needs to show that he's durable and he can play with and keep up those levels of intensity for the majority of games. Yeah, I don't disagree too much. German? Yeah, obviously it was a, it was a strong cameo. Um, I'm going to be the negative person on this. Um, I don't I don't want to get carried away with this performance of Vieira. I think um, aspects of that performance I've seen before. So, He's got the final pass, you know, um, and I felt like the game got stretched um, and it really allowed him to express the qualities that he has. Um, so that if you look at the goal that he created for Eddie, you know, that there's so much space, really. And, I, and people always say the Premier League, there's no space, but the games get stretched. If you really watch the games, the games do get stretched like this. They, it starts appearing space and players with, you know, enhanced qualities like Vieira can um, decide games and he did. Um, so that that ball was great for Eddie. Um, I definitely felt that the game stretching, um, you know, kind of leaned into his strength. So seeing seeing him from the beginning of a game would be would be different, and I'd like to see that maybe at some point. And then I also feel like that um, the way he won the penalty is um, is basically one of the runs that he's been coached to do. We've seen him do this run a couple of times. We've seen him struggle to do that run a couple of times. Um, he did it against Wolves, I believe, last season when it worked. Then there's a couple of games where he really struggled to time his run well. And you could visibly see, you know, the likes of Zinchenko, the likes of Gabi Jesus trying to coach him on the pitch to, you know, make the movement. When I get the ball, you do this kind of thing. So I feel like there's definitely a period of, or it looks like it, it was a more mature off the bench performance because we've seen him come off the bench and not have this impact even when the games were stretched so uh, I'm definitely giving him credit for that but I'm just not going to you know go get too carried away I feel like I need to see it again and I'd like to also see it from the beginning of a game um, I, I understand that probably is going to be maybe a lack of opportunities for him but for me I look at that position that that left side of eight and I feel like there's three, four players that could play that position in the team. Five. If you're really keeping it a buck, Rice could play there. Havertz could play there. ESR could play there. Trosser could play there. Fabio Vieira could play there. So in order to manifest or, you know, or, you know, completely you know, lock that position down, you know, what do you need to do? And I feel like that cameo will help him. But, but in the long term, I just, 
I just kind of feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, the other guys are going to be ahead of him. And I keep it real, you know, there was a lot of um, rumours about ESR this week. I feel like ESR can have a similar effect off the bench in a game that is stretched. So I'm not going to be super carried away by um, Fabio's um, cameo, even though it was a class cameo. I don't think he misplaced the pass. He created the goal. He, he won the penalty, you know, top, top performance off the bench. But I think we have our players also capable of doing these things. And we've seen Trusser do this last year in a couple of games, started a couple of games, doing really well and still coming out of the team. So I still view him as a as a fringe player. I don't think he will, will play a massive part in us doing things this season, to be really honest. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it works out. And obviously at the moment, there's still one game a week until Champions League comes in after the international break. Um, what I did like was, you know, that assist for the Eddie goal. That was a sort of half space cross that you would see from Bruno or a KD. We don't see a lot of that, to be fair. At Arsenal, we just don't do a lot of that. So He takes risks that others don't take. Mm, 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 and, and that was, and, and it felt, you know, when you looked at it, you're like, that was so simple. Why don't we do that more often? And obviously, to your point, the game isn't always stretched like that. The space isn't always there. But it'd, like, it'd be nice to see a bit more of that, right? Because it always feels like, We've got to work so hard to score where, you know, that was like the ball was played out into the half space. He picked it up. He wrapped it. I mean, to be fair, it was fantastic delivery. Like first time, it was it was, it was was actually just a great goal generally. And I was like, I've seen City or United score that goal. And I was like, that'd be a nice goal to see. I'll score a bit more. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And it, it's one to watch on that front. Shabs, I know you want to. Um, yeah, no. And, and, and that's what I mean about breaking the system. Like, Havertz was played within himself but very much looked like he was trying to fulfil the role that was asked of him that was part of the game plan when they went out. Um, Vieira looked like he came out with instruction to, you know, um, yeah, still play within the way that we need to play here, but you're getting a bit more licence. So, you know what I mean? There was that freedom to, um, there was that freedom to kind of make a decision there and play that, um, you know, KDB-esque pass from like crossfield from like, you know, uh, out there on the flank. You've got to ask yourself, if we were, if the game state were different, if Fabio Vieira is coming off the bench at one, would Fabio Vieira even come off the bench if we were winning one? You know, that's a question. And then you've got to ask if the game state were different, would he have license to um, make that pass or that type of pass there in that moment? I don't know that the answer is necessarily yes. And then these are the things as well that you've got to think about. Well, actually, if this is the type of player he is, um, but, you know, team-wise, we're trying to play in a certain way, with a certain style, with a certain type of instruction, you know, um, the creativity comes once you've got into the final third, you know, once you've destabilised him a little bit, um, would we see those things? And so everything happens for, everything happens for um, a reason, I suppose, but... Yeah, it was very good from him, man. It was very good. You know, Fabio, it would be very interesting to understand what his level is going to be, consistency level. Because I think I always rate players based on their consistency level. And if I think you're a good player and you're not consistent, I'll just think, yeah, you're kind of good. You know, like Havertz, I've always said I think he's a good player, but he doesn't have consistency, so I'm not rating him super-duper high. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to. Whereas I feel like players that are very consistent, like Saka is uber-consistent. Like he, like people, a sack a bad game is for most players a good game. That's how consistent this guy is, you know. So it's, the levels are different, and I feel like 
I've seen a large enough sample size of ESR to know what a good game of ESR looks like and that he's also pretty consistent, you know. So I'm, I'm ascertaining and, you know, basically saying I'm where I rank this player, I can quite clearly do that. With Fabio, I kind of struggle with that because I feel like he can have a game like that when he basically makes, you know, 16, 17 passes, all of them are finding their teammate, the teammate, he creates one or two chances, wins the penalty, you know, evades pressure, lays the ball off quickly. And then he can have a game where he gives the ball away 18 times. None of the crosses are looking good. They're, they're over here. You're thinking, why are you not running into the space that someone has just, you know, basically created through their run for you? So it's like difficult to kind of say, how good is he right now? Like he has talent. I mean, that is, he, he definitely has the talent to influence and, you know, decide games. That is super duper clear for me. But how consistently can you extract this? And, and how consistently can you do it? And we have seen him, um, you know, I mean, this is just last season, but even in those Europa League games, I feel like who you plays with, who you, pl- who you play with obviously depends how much you can do, how quickly they can find you, et cetera, et cetera. But your quality will always stand out, I think, you know. So if you if you watch, I don't know, even Eddie going to some of these Europa League games, Joe Willard going to some of these Europa League games, these guys were looking miles better than everyone else. Pepe. Pepe, he took that he took that competition f- for fun, you know, like a bar of soap. He was just slamming goals in for fun in that competition. So I think you can still make your qualities like very very clear uh, in these games, even if you're playing with so-called bums. But I feel like it's just the consistency level of him is very difficult to see where he's at with that right now. His level or his talent is really high, but how often can he extract it? Is the question mark with him? Whereas all, all the all the starters that we have, basically, and I think Vieira is what twenty two. Like, if you're looking at the starters that we have in our team, Ben White is twenty four. I'm guessing now because I haven't looked at the ages in a little bit. Saliba twenty two, twenty three. Saka twenty two, twenty three. Udegaard twenty four. Um, Martinelli twenty two. Um, you know, Rice twenty three, twenty four. And all these guys are very, very, very consistent. Like ridiculously consistent. Zinchenko is only twenty five. So. In order to make your way into this team, both him and Habits, you need to find a very strong level of consistency or you're just going to be a fringe player. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree too much on that at all. I think very good points made by both of you. Um, All right, let's segue now. Um, Last night we had the PFA Awards um, and Arsenal had four players in that, the team of the season. Aaron Ramsdale, William Saliba, Martin Odegaard, um, and obviously Saka. But it's the latter I want to talk about. Um, and, you know, indulge me here as, you know, I reach into my roots. Bukayo, Ayoyinka, Temidayo, Saka. Young <laughs> player of the season. Now, anyone who's followed Tachi Gunas for a significant amount of time would have seen the hype and you know, how much we have to refute what the ops have said about Saka because people consistently doubt and Saka consistently proves them wrong. And, you know, in my opinion, uh, I, I get what I, I saw yesterday. Some people were upset, obviously, that Haaland didn't do a double because obviously you could have argued he could have done it. But in my opinion, Saka was robbed the season before when Foden took it and Saka should have won it that season. But I think finally, um, you know, our PR has gone global. People are starting to acknowledge, 
you know, it gets to a point where you can't deny it anymore. And with Saka, you can no longer deny his output. To Dan's point, the consistency every time. And even some of us have said in the group chat, they've doubted that he could do something. He's proved it. I remember when Lewis, remember when Lewis used to say, oh, he doesn't strike a ball cleanly. Mm. Lewis also said he wouldn't get 10 league goals in the season. Um, in so, the Lewis also said, he, you know, he, he wouldn't make it. Lewis said something about him only being a left back. Couldn't see him being a winger. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's so he he has surpassed all our expectations. So yeah, um, that boy's had to beat all the allegations, man. He's He's had to beat all the allegations, and at the age of twenty-one, twenty-two, he has. So, Shabs. um, Hey, there's a long line of players that compared this guy to you. Before you go, there's a long line. I've got a very good memory. I I remember all the names. (laughs) All right, Shabs, German. The floor is yours. It's time to eulogize. Go ahead. <laughs> for me, yeah. For me, it's it's the yeah, big, big and grown. I'm showing my age, but it's 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 the lyrics in Efo. Now, <laughs> now smile like a proud dad watching his only son that made it. That's how I felt yesterday, yeah. When Saka lifted the the trophy, I said, yeah, you know what, yeah, this boy, he's getting his just dues. He deserves it, man. Like, there's no denying he deserves it. Hands down. The thing is, if you want to assess using only output, that's fine. That's one thing. And already this morning, I heard people saying, yeah, well, the player, the young player of the season, cool, but the team of the season, he didn't deserve it over Salah. Salah scored more goals and got more assists than him, blah, blah, blah. If you want to only assess on the basis of output and numbers, that's fine. If that's the way that you don't watch football, that's fine. Like, you know, it's your prerogative. Yeah. If we actually watch the football that this kid has been playing for the last two, three seasons. Yeah. Putting the team on his back, really. He's been the main focal point. You know, Jesus, that was our big money signing last summer. Yeah. And he missed three months out. And we didn't suffer when he was out. Um, Saka was still carrying us, scoring decisive goals taking penalties, scoring in big moments, in big games, creating assists. He was really talismanic for us, you know? So, and his performances, his level of consistency, German Dan just spoke about consistency and the importance. Some people might even say, yeah, Saka, okay, he's a good player. He's not amazing, technically. But yeah, his consistency, and if that's what you believe, that's what you believe. But, you know, I've been watching this kid now since he broke into the side at 17 years old and so there's like five years of 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 evidence behind us now and four years of evidence behind us now and he's he's quality man like he's not everything that people have projected and said oh he won't be able to do he's just done it man this is the same for when they said oh he can't play infield and he played games as center mid for us you know he played on the left he played on the right wing for us um he couldn't score double uh figures you could get double um figures goals and assists it, like i just i want the haters to come forth and project something that he won't be able to do because he'll do it this season like again this is the way that the boy operates and arteta said something that was very telling about him and he said saka wants to be a player who decides games every three days you know he wants to be the decisive guy he wants to be the one um 
you know, that makes it happen for us. And, you know, it's, 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 it's even better when it's your own. Like, he's homegrown. He's Nige. Like, I, I just couldn't be prouder of the kid, honestly. Like, he's super amazing. So, yeah, man, well done. I'm glad he's getting his recognition and his just dues. And I'm so happy for him. Yeah, me, me too. I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. And as he said, it feels like, you know, your, your own family member, you know, making it basically, you know, getting the recognition that they deserve. And with Saka, it's, it's just such a long grind that he's been through from when people said he can only play left back, you know, take him to the Euros as a left back. Oh, he's not going to play. He's only going to be back up to them. Him going into that, to getting into the team, playing on the wing, then doing this in two tournaments, by the way, going into the team, people doubting him if he's even should be there, if he's just um, brought in to be a backup. And then in, in both tournaments, he does really well in the last in the last one in the World Cup, he really like he he was the best performer for England in the game against France. Um, so he, you know, the bigger the stage got, the better he 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 started to become. And I feel like there's still so much room for growth with him. And I think, and uh, we we talk. I mean, us lot we talk ball every day, you know. And I think one thing that people always talk about and why they're always underrated Saka was because that ceiling talk. You know, sack a ceiling. I don't see a ceiling. Where's the ceiling? I think Martinelli is... I'm not even going to hate him mentally, but there's so many players. Cho has higher ceiling. You know, X, Y, and Z. Has a, there's so many players people have mentioned that they believe have higher ceiling. But what is ceiling? You know, football and how good you are at football is based on your talent, for sure. Um, the consistent application of your talent is the biggest, you know, determined factor of how good you are. You can have all the talent in the world. You know, there's players that have, you know, gr- you know, great talents, great talent. They can only, you know, extract that. This is exactly the conversation we just had about Fabio Vera. Can only extract that every ten games to the to the level that can decide a game. Saka can do this every game. Every game he can he he can find that space. He can find you know that that um that level to decide games to to influence games. So. And that is not normal. That really is normal at, at the age he's at. I think in world football, if you look around, where is he, 22, 21? Um, I think it just turned 22, something like that. In world football, there's only very few players. I can probably count them on one hand in his age range to have this level of consistency, this level of application, also this level of talent. Because he he's not playing for, you know, West Ham, Brighton. He's playing where the lights are bright. And he's the star boy. The you know franchise is on his shoulder. Sure, he has help, but he carries a lot of responsibility. And this is one of the factors that people are also not really taking into account when they assess the talent. You know, how much is demanded of this talent? You know, some like Foden, great talent, great environment. What are the expectations on them? There's no. I don't really think there's strong pressure for him to perform. They win without him. Arsenal don't really win without Saka. So. I think um, it's a testament to his talent, and all I've got to say is, you know, I'm really happy that we 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 signed him, we got him down to a new deal, um, and you know, long may he continue. I hope he can have a great season this year. Um, if he does it three times in a row, double figures, that would be you know a crazy way to step into the league. Um, I think he's the youngest um, player to get double figure goals, double figure assists. Um, he is a record breaker. We've got. And, you know, people might be scared to say it, but I'm not. You know, we've got a talent that can define a generation. And he, he's already defining a generation of, or looking to define a generation at Arsenal. Um, when people look back in 
five, ten years, they'll say, yes, that this was Saka's era. Before that, it was, you know, the Ozil and uh, Alexis era. Before that, it was the, you know, Cesc Fabregas era. This is this is Saka's and Udegaard's probably thing. So, um, and Saliba as well. So, th- these men looking like they're going to define the, the, the era for this football club. Um, and really, for me, you know, I'm a passionate guy, man. I love debating football. Um, I try to be really objective with, with most, uh, most of the football that scores. There's probably only three, four players... If you catch me in a pub, you say the wrong thing, I'll swing on you, man. Saka's one of them, <laughs> so hey, man, it is what it is, man. It is on Benzema and Saka, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, German Dan, German Dan doing up drunk and disorderly. <laughs> <laughs> I most definitely no. will, and I will be drinking pink gin. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the, and the thing is, I can't lie because we've all seen that video from yesterday where you know, um. The fans were interviewed and they were like, would you swap Saka for a Premier League title? And they were all like, no, do you know what I mean? So it it is almost as if like for all of us, we see Saka as, a, as, our, as our son, basically, do you know what I mean? So um, long may it continue. And I hope he is the person that leads us to to loads of trophies and it defines, um, you know, you know, you know, the way a lot of people look to Omri, you know, as, you know, Omri defined the generation for not just Arsenal fans, just a lot of strikers in general. And, you know, I hope we can look back in 10 years and everyone will be like, no, Saka was that guy. Do you know what I mean? For Arsenal. So I hope that's the position we're in. And, and obviously the development he he's undergone the last three, four years has been nothing short of fan, fantastic. So um, long, long may it continue. Right. We have about, we have quite a few listeners questions. So um, I'm going to just go straight to them because that's going to take up the bulk of the rest of the pod. Um Right, I'll start with my friend, Ribs Delicious Robin. He has said on Twitter, grade Edu Summer um, out of 10, including both ins and outs. Boys, this is this is this is this is a tough one, man. Like, we, we might have to do this collaboratively because <laughs> I, think in, I think on the ins, if we let's let's say the ins are 75%, yeah. Yeah, that's you know that's Timbers a hit. I think we know Timbers a hit based on the, the the little that we've seen, but on the reputation before and you know the one and a half performances he gave us in our Arsenal shirt so far, we said, "Yep, Timber, he looks the part, he fits the bill." Um, Rice, yeah, we all wanted that perfect, wonderful back to Liverpool. Via, I think, given the circumstances, given how much we'd spent at the point. Um, you know, the structure of the deal, three million loan, um, you know, with an option to purchase to complete that deal next summer for a total of 30 mil all in. Um, that's good. We haven't seen Raya kick a ball for us yet, but I think, you know, there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm about the Raya signing. That's not controversial. And actually, we're well insulated in terms of that deal. Um, Havertz is the one where the jury's out. In terms of the ins, the jury's out, and I think the jury's going to be out for a long time, basically, until the fans see a degree of performance um, that you know they can feel happy and support and, and, and get behind, or unless Havertz hits some mad form where it just starts getting crazy productive and getting goals and assists and uh, and whatnot, or nine out of ten, eight out of ten performances week in week out. And, you know, and the evidence so far, I've not been able to see that. It's not just the Havertz signing, it's the opportunity cost as well. Is that, you know, signing Havertz at 65 mil means potentially we didn't go out and sign someone else. So the ins, tainted. The outgoings, 
And this is where I need some collaboration. If you consider the fees that have been floated around this summer, just across football, you know, not Prem specific, just across football, players are getting, you know, sold and getting sold for peace. And there was a clear briefing, clear remit to assist and ease players out of the club. And, you know, considering that the window closes on Friday, it's Wednesday evening, um, you know, most listeners will hear this tomorrow. There's still players at the club like Cedric, um, Laconga, Pepe, not being able to fetch, you know, they're, they're, they're still here. The players that have gone, you look at those deals, Tavares, two million long fee of an option to Nottingham Forest, who then went and spent, I don't know, 13 mil on some Brazilian who's never played in in Europe before. So they'd sooner give the Brazilian club the money than us. This is the Premier League, you know. And Brennan Johnson's about to go to Tottenham potentially for 50 million pounds this window. Those, those are the fees being quoted. Nottingham Forest have got money. You know what I mean? Um, Tierney. £1.2 million pound loan fee to Sociedad. Balogun, I think that's good business all in, but there's this feeling that we could have got more for Balogun. I think the Shaka one was, was you know, early in the window. I think the Shaka one was all right, actually. Um, but I still think we probably should have got more, you know. Um, Finest Germany, there's not a great deal of money outside the biggest clubs there. Um and yeah, some of the other deals that we've done, I don't, they're not in the, the the Turner one. Fair enough, I think. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but then you're seeing academy goalkeepers go for like seventeen mil, twenty mil, twenty one mil. Um, so yeah, it's just it's a, it's a bit underwhelming to me in terms of like the outgoings. There's a feeling for me that a we should have still been able to shift more players by now, and we should have been able to command a greater fee by now, and. You know, the, the, the extent to which Ed is responsible for that, I don't know. But assessing him on the whole, um, he was halfway for me with these outgoings. And if the situation remains, I think it's a bad summer um, for him personally in terms of overall business. Jim? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think, um, and you might know, I, I, I do enjoy my do agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I think on the incomings, I can't criticise much. He got all the signings done early. I think Rice, you know, West Ham played as well, played the market well. Um, 
Dan Timber, um, I think is a is a, is a is the only only bargain that we've done this summer. I think Havertz we we've overpaid. I've I've always maintained there should have been a forty million max market opportunity. We overpaid about twenty twenty five million for him. Um, he's also on big P. So I think for me that transfer is not ideal. Um, even though I do like the player's profile and what he could potentially be at the club, but we have to assess it based on the market. And for me, that was simply overpaid there. Rice, we overpaid too, but with him, you can see, um, you can see more why we did it and why we had to. Um, so for me, I look at those three incomings, and I think Raya, I think, is a fantastic signing. Actually, um, I seen what was what's my man saying? That was the goalkeeper at Watford. There's uh, he bros with he's he's probably in the same group chat as Ramsdale talking about that is perfect for signing Raya. Shut your ass up, man. <laughs> Don't, don't worry about Arsenal club business, man. You know, he's just speaking for his boy. But, you know, I think, truthfully, I think Raya is a better goalkeeper than Ramsdale. You know, well done to Ramsdale getting in the PFA team this season. It's voted by your peers, voted by the players. It's, it's, you know, it's probably a great feeling for him. Truth of the matter is that, you know, I think that at times that he's just, there are saves that he can make that he doesn't make. And I've always maintained this, you know, for me, his kicking was really, really good start of last year. I think um, he takes less risks now than before. He still takes more, more risks than most goalkeepers, to be honest. But I don't view his kicking as peak as it was before. And then for me, the goalkeeper, not me, he's below average to me to shot statement, the shot stopping. So I like that we have looked at someone and said, this guy, you know, he can take his chain and we put him in a squad. If you ain't, if you ain't, if you ain't on, if you ain't on job, you know, we're going to swap you out, man. In the same way, you know, Leno had to hold that. You might have to hold that too, you know. So I I, I like that signing. I think it's, the, it's a decent price point as well from it. And I think we, we managed well to get the loan, do it, like basically get around FFP to do it. So outgoings, I'm fully with Shabs. I think we've sold most of the, you know, I think in, in, some of it's probably out of Edu's hand just simply because how I t- manages the squad. Mum will just send people to Azkaban, bro. I ain't seen Pepe in one training picture for the last three, four months. Do you know how crazy that is? You'd think this guy is, you know, he thinks somewhere in Ibiza or something like that. He's in London training on his own, bro. It's, it's, yeah, we've not seen him at all. Um, It's peak. So that there's no value. You you, you don't have any leverage in negotiations with, with Klopp's when you're trying to get a fee for this type of player. I think with Tierney, not a, you know, the team has moved past him. I think disappointing that there's no Premier League Cup there come and pick him up, which is for me is interesting. Maybe it's to do with his wages. He, he's earning over 100k at Arsenal, and and contra, con, um, contrary to popular belief, you know 100k at most teams is a really big wage. Um, so unless you're in the top eight, that wage, it, it, you're you're one of the biggest earners. So um, he has to go to a top eight team in this league, or you know looking at a pay cut probably, or you know just about getting the same. Um, and that probably made us move to a Premier League Cup more difficult. But disappointing that we didn't get a fee for him yet. I think I understand we still have three, he's still got three years left on his deal. So I hope that going to Sausage that will do him well. But boy, what the fuck is a polar bear doing in Texas? I, I mean, 
to, to think that Tierney is going to be in San Sebastian. What the, it just don't make no sense to me, bro. Imagine Tierney trying to speak Spanish. Like it's just <laughs> for me, I don't know. I'd, I'd be surprised if it works out. I'm, I'm, I keep it up with you. I think like the cultural fit just seems a bit off with that one. But maybe he can just get his head down, pause, and just focus on the football. And they're, they're playing Champions League as well. Um, Balogun, even from the continent, I know some people say from the continent it's a good fee. I think it's not. I've seen someone. There's younger than Balogun, you know, less star profile. I think Balogun is a proper star. He's a proper upcoming star. He's, he, he's, he's just decided to play for the US national football team. Um, he's going to be at the at the World Cup in, what is it, two years or something. He's going to be their starting nine. Um, he's young. He's vibrant. You know, he, score, he scores loads of goals or scored loads of goals in Liga. Let's talk about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And he's gone for less than um, a Penda who's played in the same league. And I think Balogun actually outscored him as well. So I just feel like that fee, put another 10 on that and not euros, pounds. That's, that's, that would make an acceptable fee for me. So I think we sold below market value. And I think I was I was celebrating because I thought we had a buyback clause. It sounds like we don't. It's just a sell-on clause. So for me, that's not really a great deal. Keep, keep it real. It's, it's okay. But this is this is a prime asset we had there. We could have extracted more, in my opinion. Um, and the other deals as well, I feel like, as you, you mentioned, Tavares, you know, Turner. Peanuts, man. If the, in the grand scheme of things, do you see the money that's getting exchanged? Cole Palmer's going for 45 M's, you know, Balogun going for 10 less, having played more senior games, I think, um, more games in the top five league, having scored more goals. All these things, for me, play a part. And I understand that, you know, it's probably not easy with some of these players, but with Balogun, I think we should have gotten more. I, I think Balogun is probably my main criticism. We should have gotten more or there should have been a buyback. The others, I can understand get rid, you know, it's not easy because the way Arteta manages the team and the squad sometimes. But again, for me, I think we haven't extract we didn't we didn't maximize our leverage here. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh next question from Kieran underscore ninety one at Kieran underscore ninety one. He says, Well how we set up on Sunday go a long way to telling us whether Arteta's too stubborn for his own good. I'm all for adding layers to the side, but not at the expense of what was a solid plan A which worked for 75% of last season? I think how we set up on Sunday, yes, is going to tell us a bit more about Arteta. I think we think we know a lot about Arteta already. You know, there's solid evidence based and many reference points. Um, what I will say is if we win the game, I don't care too much about how we set up. Yeah, there's what I think. Yeah, and there's what Arteta does. And there's a reason why I'm here talking about what Arteta does. And there's a reason why Arteta is the coach, the manager of Arsenal Football Club. You know what I mean? So, for me, it's Man United, man. 
a lot of them have been talking smoky again. I don't know where, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what's going on with them, but a lot of them are just talking smoky, piping up. Um, I want the result. Yeah, I want a good performance, even better. I want the result. Now, how we do set up generally does concern me. I am interested. I was on record earlier saying it looked a bit underwhelming to me, just in terms of the entertainment factor, the entertainment value. I'm old school Arsenal, you know, my team has to play good. That's a requirement for me, you know, but we have to win. So for me, it's win first, criticize the setup second. I hear you. I hear you. And let, let's let's have one thing straight, man. Arteta is pertinacious. So this man will die by his beliefs. Can I just stop you? Can I just stop you there? It's not me that's been using the big words this week. Or what is what is pertinacious? I'm not what, right. what does that word mean, man? What does that word mean, German? Dan? What you, you tell me you don't know what that means. No, I mean I know what it means. I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to put you on blast because it's always it's always me getting hotted up. It's always me. No, 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 hold on. I know it's not lexicon Sean trying trying to do the reverse psychology of me, bro. It ain't gonna work. Too damn long, bro. No, no, no. I have to because I'm getting cooked every week. So I I need to join Enterprise. Someone's got to take the blame with me, boy. So all right. Um. Okay. Next question from. ASD um, Sauce HGN asks every week. He said, "Why do we concede the weirdest goals at home, and how can we stop it?" I'm at a loss to provide an answer. And to be fair, no, it is odd to me too because the dumb stuff we do at home, we never do away from home. So <laughs> I don't know if it's the fact that they're here in North London forever and they start playing like there's like five minutes left. But um, we just need to chill. Like mm. you know when. There's there's a level of boringness of how City make games, but it's they bore the opposition too. Like they don't give them any hope. I don't know what it is that we give teams so much hope at the start and then we're playing catch up for the rest of the game because it takes such an emo- a big emotional at one nil within fifty seconds the game state is already set. It's already set. So now you're spending. It took us seventy two minutes to turn that back around for us to go in front. That's a big physical and mental effort. Do you know what I mean? And we can't keep doing that. We spend too much time going life and death with teams at home. That's not sustainable if you want to win a title. Three of our last nine home games, we've conceded inside a minute. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. When you're not going to win any title moving like that, you're you're just not. So we're going to need to be able to, I don't even know, but I, I, I think it's dumb. It's, it's, it's not because it's down to anything tactical. It's just stupid behaviour. It, it, it's, it's, they're being idiots. Because like I said, away from home at Palace, that wasn't that didn't happen. It didn't happen. So um, I, I think it's, yeah, I, I don't know if it's starting off a bit complacent, if it's starting off too hard, but whatever it is, man, mm-hmm. they need to sort it out. They need to sort it out. So, what's from... Hey, I'm going to let you cook, brother. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Wait, what, what did I say? But your point is, yeah, your point, your point is spot on. Your point is spot on, man. It's not, it's not sustainable. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's very difficult. Right? I'll be honest with you, man. It's very difficult as a fan to, you know, have had this happen so often and you're watching a team play and you go, go down. And these are gifts. You know, the whole thing is that, you know, we need to be a side that's hard to beat. 
And it's completely different as well if you give away. It really irritates me when we give away these needless goals, but, but when we've already got the, the game won and sewn up and, you know, we concede a goal and it's 3-1 now instead of a 3-0. But when you do that, nil-nil in the first minute, man, God, my God, it is, it is. And it just, it just, it doesn't make for enjoyable watching because then now, you know, teams already want to come and set up against us and play negative football. And then we've gifted them a goal and then, yeah, they come and it just makes their task easier. It makes our task harder. So these guys need to snap out of it. I never want to see this shit again. You know, if teams are going to score from us, against us in the first minute, they have to have worked and worked us to have scored that goal, man. I'm, 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 I'm sick and tired of this, I'll be honest with you. What are you saying to me? What are you saying to me, Yeah, next question from, um, from Count Dracula. Um, He's asked, do you think Arteta needs to make a decision soon on Rice or Party for the lone sits role? Shoehorning Party at right back isn't ideal, and I think Rice has made strides in possession over three games. So I'll go. This is interesting because I think, obviously, firstly, we need to clarify that when we have possession, Party's he's not in midfield that often. Do you know what I mean, anyway? But I think this is essentially a solution to Zinchenko being out. You know, we're, we're inverting one of the other sides, so we don't have. So we can still continue a similar dynamic. Um, I think, you know, one, Rice is obviously a key pillar of the team, but he's also been bought as insurance because we know Party's unreliable from a fitness standpoint. So I think there will be some games where it might just be Rice as the six. Um, but for bigger games, I'd always include Party. Um, and I still think Party and Rice is a great base to work from. It doesn't always need to play all the time. I think we can, this is the sort of thing where improved quality, we can adapt dependent on um, who we're playing. But um, be interesting to see what you guys think. Yeah, I, I don't think it's shoehorning. You know, it's clearly a plan we, we, which we have initiated. You know, back end of last season. Um, so it's it's not necessarily just oh we we need to get all the best players on the pitch. It's Arteta saying you know I I need to find a way of you know playing differently, finding different solutions. Um, and that is one of the ways we can play. And then in the City game, we did play both of them, start both started midfield. Gabriel, Saliba, White um, and Timber were the back four. And it was Partey and Rice in, in, in the centre. And, um, you know, Udegaard um, with them in midfield. And there wasn't, there wasn't another, you know, I mean, Rice played a dual role, really. But, you know, we have that flexibility that both can play in the middle. It depends on what attacker wants to do or what we're looking, how we're looking to hurt the opposition potentially. Um, do we think Ben White's overlap could be very effective against Manchester United? I think so. I think it, it could be very effective against Shaw. It could be very effective against Malaysia. Both of them are not there. <laughs> so who's their third choice? Is it Cucivella that might get or Dallo? <laughs> <laughs> that overlap is good. We need that. We need that. It's Gucci Villa. Hey, that is yeah, mad. Gucci Villa right there, man. <laughs> so, you know, hey, it's, <laughs> it just depends on like sort of what um what what um what what um what weapons we want to use to hurt the opposition and and how we want to <laughs> just is dying over there. <laughs> no, hey, this is like a Cardi B song or something. <laughs> <laughs> Gucci Villa is mad. <laughs> but I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> 
So yeah, so I just um so yeah, I just I think it depends on what 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 he wants to achieve from certain games. And I, I will be interested to see if Zinchenko comes straight back in and be Gabriel, you know, left center bag. And I, I, I just, it's just be interesting to see because I feel like I'd say it looks maybe deploy the system or deploy systems based on who's available and who, you know, certain players connect to each other. Um, and I think Zinchenko and Gabriel could be one, one of those connections that he feels are need to, need to be played together to work. But um, this is just a theory, so we'll see. We will have more information and can make better judgments in the next coming weeks. You're me, bro. Yeah, okay. Um, Guna Extra has asked, do you think Arteta has a saviour syndrome? Yes, when it comes to signing players. Um, he labelled Erdegaard, Hit, Havertz, Jury out, Willian, didn't work at all. Ramsdale, it's worked, but he doesn't trust him 100%, hence Raya. Um, he says this behavior could prove to be costly in the future. I don't think it's a sorry, sorry to button, but I don't think it's a savior complex. I think Atata is one of these coaches or one of these people that he wants to get ahead of the competition. You know, he's competing with the bold genius and he's looking for he's looking for talents that have unique traits or are uniquely good at certain things. And he's looking to deploy them in a system whereby he can lean into their strengths. And I think he's always looking for these type of players. He's always looking for players that people might think that you can't extract something from them, but he can because in his particular system, they do certain things that can help this make the system work. So he's just a tinkerer in that in that perspective, I think. Um, not so much as the savior complex. I think he just thinks a bit differently and I think he, he also wants to be viewed as someone that thinks differently so I think certain decisions he makes are based on perception as well not not, not always I think me personally anyway I think not always this is based off yeah okay this fits perfectly he just thinks I'm a tata I'm going to play this guy here because you know I'm a tata kind of thing so and that's what a lot of these coaches do man <laughs> they all have huge egos um, and are incredibly nars- um, narcissistic. And I think he fits into that mould. If he wasn't, he probably wouldn't be as good of a coach as he is. Yeah, big facts. And yeah, it's it's um, it's attribute-based player identification. That's what it is. That's what it comes down to. So, um, yeah, for me, he's, he's, he, he's trying to find players that, um, yeah, have specific asks and can fulfil specific roles and it's for that marginal gains thing so yeah I do think there is a saviour sickness I do think you know I, I, I disagree with you slightly Jeremy Dan he has had some hits um, saviour is a bit harsh because not all of these players have been have been have been flops but it's that whole broken eggs Arsene Wenger kind of disease know, like, you know, this guy this guy's had some talent had some ability yeah I I, I, I it's not gone well for whatever reason. I'm going to turn it around. And I think when it works, you give a lot of credit to those coaches because you say, yeah, actually, they've seen something that, um, or taken a chance where others wouldn't have. And that's, you know, risk reward. So I, I get that. But there are also players that he has persisted with and, you know, to a fault. And that's hurt us as a team. And that's players that he's persisted with in the, in terms of, believing in their individual quality. There's players that he has overlooked. 
despite their individual quality that's hurt us and then he's done it on a tactical level as well persisting with certain tactics or certain systems despite the fact that they've not worked and every season now with Arteta we've hit a point where we're saying this has worked this has brought us so far but we need to get to a point where we need to change it or do something different because it's not working and he's taken too long to react and and that for me is a problem and I think that has cost that cost us top four the season before last um, arguably cost us the title um, last season you know doing things like we're, we're crying out to use Kivio he went and signed this guy unprovoked in the middle of the night in January um, you know doesn't use him relies on holding when the title chase is over Charles starts playing Kivio like what the hell are you doing bro like what? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> like you, you're you're playing with us, so it's the whole thing. We're crying out for Partey at right back, didn't persist. Move Ben White centre back, didn't persist. Too late, and then he decides, yeah, all right, cool, I'm going to do it now. So yeah, these are the things that he, for me, he needs to overcome very quickly. All right, cool. We still got quite a few um, questions, so I want to rattle them off quickly. Um, just quickly, yes or no, both of you. Do you see Raw Waters getting any minutes this season? Just yes or no? I'm sorry, but hell no. <laughs> Shabs? No. No. Okay, cool. I don't think so either. All right, next one. Um, if you had the chance, who would you all have played at eight role with given a chance? So just give me a name each. What was the question? Um, who would be your ideal um, from Tola underscore M91? Who would be your ideal choice for eight if given a choice from the current squad? I from believe. the current squad, because I, I think there's things that you have to consider. How Attack wants the eight role to be played, because I think well, last pod I explained that that's a re- there's a reason why we, we ain't seen trusted in that in, in the Premier League yet, because offensively, he surely can do all the things that people want him to, but off the ball, he, he probably can't. I think in an ideal world, and this is probably me fantasizing a little bit. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. I would want to see ESR in that eight. Um, if it's not ESR, I'd like to. I think the strongest team we probably have is Rice, Partey, Udegaard, Midfield, so Rice in that eight. Yes, same, same. I, I just want to say as well, it's it's crazy that he persisted with Trossard in the eight in preseason, um, but you know we get to the season and doesn't use in there. But yeah, again for me. Um, as is Rice with Partey as a six, and then if it's bringing someone different into the mix, that's ESR. But ESR is my boy, so I'd have do, to you think, do you think he tried trusted in the in the preseason in the eight to see, you know, offensively, defensively, how you doing this role, and you know, whilst he was good in games that were like stretched and open like preseason games, you know he. he you know, when when the game was tried, he also didn't get back well in some of these games, uh, and I think that might have been some of the judgment that Attack based on why he has not deployed him there yet. Ab- ab- absolutely, I think that that that's spot on. But I also think you have to look at it and say how detrimental is that to us as a team overall? Mm. Yeah, because what we're yeah, and I don't want to over-index this because we could have this conversation for ages. But yeah, I think yeah. What Trossard gives us in the attacking sense of the role probably negates any issues that we would, you know, that we're facing at this moment in time because we're not seeing it being utilised in any meaningful way right now. So, 
Yeah, for me, I, and just to, just to close this, basically, for me, I, I think I said in the group as well, I think if if he was to do this, he would have to do this at home against the Fulham, and he didn't. So that was surprising for me. Away from all of my get why he wouldn't do it yep. you know, at, at somewhere like Palace. But if, you, if you're looking to do an ESR trust at eight, it has to be home, 3.30, the sunny day. I mean, it start raining and shit, but, you know, it's London, isn't it? So, but yeah. that's the type of scenario you, you'd have to trial it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question. I'll answer this one. It's just a simple. Um, Benny Blanco at Burnet Account F. Why do we seem to be in any big six teams that consistently can see silly goals? That's not true. Have you watched Man United? Have you watched Spurs at times? <laughs> Some of them teams concede awful goals too. Um, but Liverpool I mean, and as well, all of them. Yeah, li- Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool. I remember against Bournemouth, Trent got caught in possession. Silly goal. Um, they conceded. Even, even three. Yeah, even City. City. Yeah, yeah, Walker at the weekend. So, yeah, Yeah. it's not exclusive to us. But you are right. Currently, we do have a big bozo gene that we need to eradicate. So, um, no disagreements there. Uh, uh, Yonko Abs has said, if Arteta has already decided to replace Ramsdale with Raya and it's just about timing, should he do it now or wait until after the international break? I think that he's biding his time, boy. I think after the international break, we're going to see Raya one way or the next. But he's just nah. he's, I've he's seen this before, bro. Oh, <laughs> listen, we, 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 listen, you must... If you were born yesterday, come on, man. Like, there's no unrest at this moment in time. You don't want to unsettle it. You know, it's just... He's biding his time, man. That, that, Raya's going to come in to the side and um, people ain't going to look back, man. You know, people ain't going to look back. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, I've played this thing already. Like, he's done the same with Lenny. You're saying we signed in competition, etc., etc. Then he started him in the first couple games. And then what? International break, boom. We just wanted to change up a little bit. And that was it. Never looked back. Yep, I don't know whose ringtone that was, but that was some old Nokia thirty three ten ringtone. Hey, but, um, Joe, that you look guilty in it. I like it. So it's, it's it's one of those it's one of those songs that my three year olds has. <laughs> yeah, that's a kid's jingle. <laughs> hey, that's, that's my Disney. That's my Disney doorbell, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, we'll we'll do two more. Um. So Tommy Ajayi one says, "How many goals are you ex- goals and assists are you expecting from our front three starting attackers plus Erdegaard this season?" So I'm assuming he's just referring to same as last season, Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, and Erdegaard. So um, bearing in mind, obviously, there's more games this season, Champions League, all the cups. Um, you need to give me a number. So I'll start with Jesus. German, all comps. Give me a number. All comes is difficult for me, I can't lie, because I don't think some of these men will play FA Cup, Carling Cup games sure. like that. I, I do just league. I think league I can kind of like more accurately. No, no, no. I, give me league and Champions League. Okay. Champions League will play at least, what, how many games in the Six group stage? Six group games. Six. So, and then Premier League. Okay, so Jesus, I'm going to need you to touch 15. Pause. Um... Yes. What in all comps? 15? No, no, 15 in the league, 15 okay. in the league, okay. and then in the Champions League, and he, he needs to be one and two. 
Um, so I think ideally I want him to have a better strike break. So in six games, he should score four goals, in my opinion. And in the Premier League, he probably score, he'll probably have like 30 plus apps because he's already missed three games. So he's he's probably yeah. not gonna touch he's not gonna touch 38. We're gonna yeah. be around 35, 33. I need so 15 goals so, from him. So you're saying around 19 goals all comps, yeah? Around, from Jesus. Yeah, but I'm not It'd probably be more because he, he should play one or two um, games. To be fair, yeah, I, I was going to say 20 all comps that he needs to hit. Shabs, you're, you're shaking that your head. Boy's hitting, that boy is hitting 17 goals. All comps? All comps. He's hitting 17 goals. All right, all right. Okay, okay. in the league and everything else from wherever he can. Come on, man. Like, he's got to give us the braziest football Jinky me jinky, he's got to twist players I'm off. Off your number, Shabs. I'm like two off your number. Money shaking is a bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do, do you know what it is? You're not. Not none of you are far off. It's just you have to add tax. So whatever number you pick, you got to. Because I was gonna go over that number, and then I, I remembered who I'm dealing with. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I remember who I'm dealing with, man. He's just not. He don't. He plays with his food too much, man. Like, and also availability, you know. So throughout the course of this season, seventeen goals all comes. That's what I think he'll get. Champions League included. Well, I said twenty. I need mm. him to hit twenty all comps. Um, so yeah, all right. Uh, Bukayo Saka, all comps goals. I'm gonna say he got fifteen all comps last season. I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say 19. I think with Saka and Udegaard, the number depends on who's going to be the long-term penalty taker. Seems like they're alternating at the moment. Yeah. I'm going to go more safe with Saka. Mm. Double-double, of course. <laughs> Something light for the boy, but I'm going to... F- I think 15 goals again, maybe more assists this year. Um, See, that, that, that's... I, I, I was gonna go. I was gonna reduce the number for Erdegaard. I think Saka's number will go up, but I think Erdegaard's might go down. Mm, maybe because I don't think Erdegaard will get fifteen again. I could see like Erdegaard get like ten, but maybe like fifteen assists, something like that. So th- that's what I would. Shabs, you you nodding in agreement? Um, Saka, Saka, I'm going bold. I'm going very bold for Saka. Hmm. All comps. I expect him to play most games. In all comps, you know, that boy doesn't get rested. I think 21, all comps. Similar in the league. I think in the Champions League, that boy is going to cook, man. Come on, man. Look at look at the projection that we've done about him today as well. Off the back of a fresh PFA young player. Of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. It's the true. Moon, uh, bro. Like, uh, after, uh, uh, after the hype we've done. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is with Saka, I feel like, I mean, he gets great numbers, but I feel like he does so much work outside of the numbers that I feel like others, like Udegaard and Martinelli to some degree, got really great numbers. I think Saka could have got more goals, but he, you know, he sacrificed himself for the greater good at times, I feel. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I haven't gone super high with the numbers. Okay, all right. Martinelli. 25. Yeah, He's I was going to say 25 all comps. For me, he needs to be Arsenal's top goal scorer. He's the one I see with the most goal scoring potential. So I'm going to say 25 for Martinelli. Um, this is contingent, though, on the left side being a more ho- more cohesive than it has been. Because so far, partly, I don't actually think he's played well within, within himself personally. But I also don't think 
the combination on the left-hand side has been helpful. But I must still go out on a limb and say 25 because I think Martinelli's the sort of guy, once he get, gets on a hot streak, he can start slapping, slapping, slapping. So I'm going to go 25. All comps. 20, 20 all comps for me. 20, 20 all comps. comps. Okay. Yeah. I think, again, about 15 in the league. Yeah. And I think five across, you know, Champions League and, um, you know, other things. My, you, you know, for, for me as well, gone a bit light with the Champions League numbers because this is the first time that they're featuring in the competition. As much as I rate them both, mm. I think five is a respectable return. Uh, to five is a good with. return if you get that in the yeah, Champions League. Champions yeah. League. yeah, I might, yeah. Uh, depending on how the Champions League campaign goes, I mm. might reevaluate and reassess. So I might return to, 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 to answer this question at a later point in the season. But right now, I think 20 for him. All, all comps. All right. And just for Bantz, I'm throwing in Havertz there. What's, what's his goal return all comps? Boy, if my man gets eight, well, Xhaka got seven, so my man needs to hit seven. He needs to hit seven. Uh, I'm on, sorry. On God's, I hope Lou and Dan Cougs don't clip this shit up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, yay, Mugwe. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. 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 That is, that is so funny, man. Hey, that's too funny. Hey, um, five goals all counts, man. You say five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five, bro. I'm pushing a win, bro. God damn. Bro, the I knew we were trying game. to manage expectations, but five Giova Jesu Christi. God bro, damn. You got you got you got you got to, I'm down with the evidence I've seen so far this season. And it's yeah, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's not looking good, bruv. Boy. Five goals, man. Uh, you understand? Uh, I need you to commit, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, you have to give us a number. No, we're oh my god, no, nah, this is crazy. This is crazy. You have to give up. We're blood brothers. We're in this thing. Come, we're in this thing. Me and you are holding smoke every single day. No, Dan, me and you are holding hey, smoke hey, every hey, single hey. day. We're fighting for our lives. We got, come on, man. I said five. Come on, bro. I got bad people coming for me, man. <laughs> bad people. Come on, bro. Uh, what's the number, Dan? Um, I think it really depends if he's going to. Stay in the team to be really honest, because he, he could come out of the team and not see minutes for a while. But if he's a if he's a consistent figure, then it needs to be double figures. Mm-hmm. And that that I would say all comes needs to be twelve. So I think like he's gonna play that you know that Jack. I think Jacques got seven in the league, couple in the Europa League. Oh wait, Jacques got more than seven, didn't he? Didn't he get like nine all comps? He got seven in the league though. I think. Yeah, he and got that, seven in the league. He got like two in other. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you, you need to get double figures, my bro. Yeah, I think like he, he needs, needs to get like twelve goals. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. All right, we've been going for a while. Let's do one more. Um. Uh, ba boom. At Steena season, uh, <laughs> so this is a funny one. He's asking, we can all go around, for our top five worst ever players to play for us since 2009. Oh, boy. I don't mind going first. I'll go first on this one. So you yeah, guys got longer time to think. All right. Number one. This is in no order, by the way. 
Sebastian Scalacci. God damn, that brother was awful. <laughs> he was. He he was. He was, he was dreadful. He was garbage, man. He was he was absolutely horrific. Um, number two, Skodran Mustafi. That guy was a big big waste of money. We have spent a, we spent a lot of money for him, pound for pound. He's up there with one of our worst signings. One of yeah. our worst signings for 30, 35 odd mil. Yeah, I think Pampapani probably is the worst. He's one of the worst. No, obviously, I mean, Pepe is worse than him in terms of pound for pound. But oh, yeah, no, you're right. Pound for pound, but, yeah. but, he... but Mustafi is right up there. Yeah, he's he is right, right up there. Um, number three, Stefan Lichtsteiner. <laughs> he's in my list too, boy. He uh, was garbage. Trash, he was man. actual just garbage. He was garbage. Number four, <laughs> Trevino. What? Who? Trevino. Oh, Trevino. I thought you said Jorginho. Trevino. No, no, Trevino. Trevino. Yeah, Trevino with the headband head. Yeah, yeah. Bro, that hairline that was starting back here. That hairline that was. Oh, oh my goodness. He was ass. And um, hmm, I got one more. Oh. I'm gonna go with alone, even though he wasn't actually that bad, but it was the most pointless. Oh my god, no, sorry, this is the most point. Kim Kalstrom, Kim Kalstrom. What, 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 yeah, what, what, no, I was gonna, I was actually gonna suggest maybe. Um, Dennis Suarez because he barely yeah. played, but he was actually a good player. But but yeah, I'm not gonna. So that, that's my five. So yeah, so um, Lichtsteiner, Skilachi, um Mustafi, Javinho, and yeah, Kalstrom. German for me. Oh, Shabs, no, Shabs, you've gone. Yeah, the, the, there's not a lot of variation in that, but I would add. Um, know the player's name that that Japanese striker you that we signed. Oh my god, Takuma Asano. Oh my god, was it oh Pak Chuyang as well? He was suffering. Oh man, that was too bad. What's his name? And Perez, man. Lucas Perez, man. Lucas Perez. Garbage, garbage. Remember the Spanish striker, the number nine? Yeah, I remember. Do you know the reason I can't include him in there? I can't he scored the Champions League hat trick, bro. I can't put him in there, you know. The thing is, he wasn't great, but in terms of worst. You've just named Takuma Asano and Park Chu Young. Them brothers have to be there, bro. Them brothers are there. And um, for for me, definitely Socrates over Mustafi. Because I know Mustafi was was bad as well. No, but I know Mustafi was bad, but Mm. 35 mil, the longevity, the time. We got some okay performances out of Mustafi. Mm. It was a bad, that, that was bad business. But Socrates, man, Come on, man. These are players that we just had no business. They, they, sh- they should mm. never have been there, ever. Um, so, yeah, those are the guys for me. And, yeah, Kalstrom was going to be in, in mine as well because he didn't. It was just stupid business, man. You shouldn't have signed him at all. So, yeah, man. Um, for me, you know, for me, it has to be in the list. I feel like he's been given a life that he didn't deserve. And that's Rob Holden. <laughs> Recording in that list, man. 
Rob Holding is in London on big, big wages, chilling. No pressure to perform. You fit? I would kill for that shit, man. <laughs> this guy said he's been given a life that he didn't deserve. I, I thought he was getting all deep on us. <laughs> Man, Rob Holding has to be there for me. I'm sorry. Whenever I think there's only there's only one instance where you can say he was called upon and he did relatively well, which was that FA Cup game. FA Cup before he did two FA Cup finals actually. But yeah, he did well. And people, did, people remember he did. Well, I don't really think against, he did against Costa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was he more motorcycle in that game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was more motorcycle. It was just Rob Holding had personality in that game, and that's what people remember. He wasn't scared of Costa. He wants it. He wanted it with him. Pause. So, but for me, he's in there. Like when, when in the last couple of years, whenever he's been counted upon, he's been absolute hot garbage. He's not the level. He's not Arsenal level. So he's there for me. Then I'm also pu- putting that that damn what's that um that Turkish barber Pablo Mari in there. Oh that God, yeah. No, no place to be out. Th- there was no reason for him to be Arsenal. He does not belong at this stage, and it shows you where he where he ended up going on loan to, where he ended up going tr- you know transferred to. He's there for me. Kyle Jenkinson, another one. Oh, that's a good he shout. Good he was. He 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 got to enjoy because he was a diehard oh. Arsenal fan. But my gosh, that man was not good. He was basically Lou Bob, but but like his hair was bad. Like, why the fuck are you playing for Arsenal? Why are you at Arsenal? Dog? That was that was basically Lou Bob playing for Arsenal, innit? it? Um, basically, Lou Bob like dyed hair playing for Arsenal. Like, I just don't. Like, they make no sense. He's passionate. Yeah, and liked him. He boy. He ass. <laughs> And then, ah, uh, this is probably the player I hated the most in the last 10 years, Arsenal. And this is like probably one, most fans probably don't have this type of agenda, but Peter Cech. I hated this guy. This helmet no, head. You know what? I, 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 was, I was toying with picking him as well, you know, even though like he did get the golden glove at Arsenal, but I didn't think, I thought that was a sabotage, bro. And what he did in that Europa League final I'm telling you, I will never forgive that brother. I will never forgive him. And then, and then he went back to Chelsea to be their director of football. Yeah, Fucking yeah. incredible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. For me, for me, for me, he's there. For me, he's there. I'm sorry. I don't care about your accolades at Chelsea. You were doing nonsense. Like, if you look at some of the, like, the mistakes that he made for us, cool, he was a, he used to be an elite goalkeeper. Obviously, he made some good saves, so I'm obviously going exaggerating. you know. But the level that he played at for us was nowhere near elite. He was a liability for us. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. You know, if he left the league, came to us, and then there was the decline, you'd say, okay, cool. But he was starting for them, and then just came to us and declined immediately. And I'm like, nah, this ain't this ain't the same guy. Was he worse than Al Munio? Because oh, I used man, to I, hate I, that guy. Al Munio was worse. I mean, Al yeah, Munio was bad. Guy. He was very he's bad. Not, He's not in it for me because you can only pick five. Almunia was worse, man. I'm, I'm like, actually no. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is, this is my personal sentiment towards him. I, he has to be there for me. I know there's players that's been worse than them, but he has to be there yeah, for me. Yeah, I respect it. I respect it. You hate him. You hate him. I respect it. I hate yeah. you, bro. And then I've got two more considerations. You know, He's and I can't like. Fam, I've got bad players on my mind. <laughs> but the last two, yeah, it really both of them could be in the shit. <laughs> Number one is Serko Lasinic. 
And the second one is Joe Campbell. Like <laughs> these guys, <laughs> no business at Arsenal, cuz no business at Arsenal. Bro, yeah, no, all good shouts, all very, very good shouts. All right, we've been going for an over an hour and a half, so I'm, I'm gonna leave it there tonight. Um, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we will be back on Sunday with a post match. God damn, if we lose to Man United, that's gonna be. <laughs> And bearing in mind, that's the last right. game before the international break. Oh. If we don't win, there's going to be head loss for two weeks. So, so, so we need to win. We need to win. And I've got some ops to dunk on. I'm ready. So we cannot lose that game. That is that is a game against the enemy. You know, blood of my enemies. I've got a personal against vendetta. The red against devil. My, We're playing against, against the red devil. Know, the actual devil club. So, yeah. So we need to collect three points. We need to be the three-point collectors at the weekend. So... Yes, we'll be back with a post-match after that. So, fingers crossed we get the three points and get back to winning ways. But, um, German Shabs, thank you very much for joining me. And, guys, we will catch you on the flip side. Two, two, and we've still got more than half yes. to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Network.